T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Okay, our friend Shane Hewitt's going to join us in a few minutes. Yeah, Shane hosts The Shift. We normally do that interview on Sundays, but I was off last night as I wanted to uh, get an extra day off. I got a lot of vacation time I still need to figure out between now and then, and I didn't want to take any days off leading into the start of the new show that launches next week. The new show being St. Louis Talks, which is Monday starting at 11 a.m. So excited to be a part of that, meaning that this is going to be my last week as host of Overnight America. Wow. Feels weird saying that every single time, considering that I moved here to St. Louis for this show and for this job. And it's been a wild four years. I, I had no idea where it was going to take me. <laughs> no idea. No idea. So this whole week, there's uh, opportunities for us to connect one more time to the late night audience. And Thursday will be my last show doing overnights up until I, uh, who knows, Maybe one day they'll have me fill in and do it again in the future. So I wanted to bring up a few things that are in the news. You saw it, KMOX.com. This is before we get to Shane Hewitt, by the way. Photos, and that's the article headline. Mayor Jones, Representative Bush, concerned seeing, quote, inhumane, end quote, conditions of St. Louis jails. And this story is up there. And the interesting thing about this story is that all of this is staged. If you were to remember the staged photos of Ocasio-Cortez at the southern border where she's like crying, looking at the chain link fence, which is, I think, connected to a parking lot. <laughs> and, you know, oh, let's go to the southern border and let's look at the detention centers and we'll, we'll stage this as a publicity stunt. And boy, did she get called out pretty quick for that. I saw this story trend over the weekend and some people raised the alarm that all of this was staged because it's all the photographs are you, you brought in a professional photographer that is following them around, but there was no members of the press that were able to do so because they said, okay, we're going to do this on a weekend when no one's available and keep in mind, the only thing that you're seeing is their side of the story. So that has to be taken into consideration. You have one of these Ocasio-Cortez moments. And I think that that's the uh, point here because a lot of people have um, looked down line and speculated that maybe one of the main reasons for trying to close down the workhouse is because mayor Jones is going to try to push for a city and County merger. And let's just send the prisoners to the County. 
maybe that could be one of those deals is the, hey, this is what we'll do. It's inhumane to have prisoners in jail. So what we'll do is uh, merge the city and county. It'll save us money and blah, 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 as opposed to doing it the way that most people should. You, you know, the freeholder method or to have it at a vote. Let's bring the people in. Let's bring the uh, city and the county people to vote on their own future. This would be something that would be logical. You think that would be the way to try to get everyone involved and invested in this. And keep in mind, the last time this was brought up, it was rejected mostly because you saw that they were going to make King Stanger in charge. And then that all fell apart after he was uh, indicted on federal charges and went to jail and now sits in a federal prison. Now, these things need to be keep, kept in mind. We've already kinds of, you know, we have all kinds of power issues in the county to begin with. And Sam Page definitely has his issues. I think that he's going to have a rough county meeting tomorrow. And I think that's tomorrow we're going to have to get an update on that county council meeting. Really looking forward to it because they're already bringing up more issues of his part time job which is he's keeping pretty secret, which is not allowed by the county charter, by the way. And what kind of preferential treatment may have been there? I think that could come out inside of a county audit of how this money was spent when it comes to the coronavirus money, considering that the county council made a terrible mistake, a stupid, dumb mistake in trusting that they don't need oversight of this $170 million that was spent. That needs to be accounted for, and I don't think it's accounted for properly. You can go online, and I decided to go to the county website to see how they lay out the charges, but it's, you know, it's all generic, so it doesn't actually tell you exactly how this money was spent. Get an audit in. I hope that Governor Parson takes him up on that. So I think tomorrow's going to be a Good county council meeting for Tom Sullivan to join on. By the way, too, uh, Senator Kerry, well, he's not a senator anymore. He, former Senator Kerry and now someone that is working inside of the Biden administration. John Kerry also worked as part of the Obama administration, getting called out for sharing top secret information to people that should not be considered our friends. In fact, Iran should not be considered a friend of the United States that you're sharing top secret information with. In this case, John Kerry is charged and is facing calls for his resignation by lawmakers for discussing Israeli military operations with Iran's foreign minister as part of his work under the Obama administration as secretary of state. This is a huge no-no, and this is a big problem. Taken to the Senate floor was Dan Sullivan. He's from Alaska, calling for Senator Kerry's resignation. Listen to how he brought this up. Now, Madam President, I don't do this lightly. As a matter of fact, in my entire time in the Senate, I've never called for anyone's resignation. And Madam President, the straw that broke the camel's back came out today, and it's the reason I'm up here calling for John Kerry to resign. It is a tape that was leaked of an interview with Iran's foreign minister, Mohammad Zarif. Madam President, the most disturbing part of the interview that was leaked was when Zarif said that John Kerry told him, the Iranian foreign minister, about covert Israeli actions against Iranian interests in Syria. Now think about that. According to news reports, Zarif is heard as saying, quote, it was former U.S. Foreign Secretary John Kerry who told me Israel had launched more than 200 attacks on Iranian forces in Syria, unquote. That's 
Zarif saying John Kerry told him that. Classified information about one of our most important allies in the world, Israel. Zarif said, quote, he listened to this information from Secretary Kerry in astonishment, unquote. Boy, New York Times, other outlets reported on Monday that leaked audio recorded in March captured the Iranian foreign minister saying that Kerry told him Israel had attacked Iran's interest in Syria 200 times. Kerry uh, denied the allegations in a tweet, but I don't believe John Kerry. Uh, why should I? Why, why should anyone? In fact, going back to the Obama administration, they were so friendly with Iran that they said we could try to change the whole region by dumping, dumping cash to them. And if I were the United States, I'm much more inclined to look at the way Donald Trump handled this, which is don't mess with us. In fact, uh, we're not going to comply with handing over big pallets full of cash just to make a deal with you. We're not, we're not going to bribe you into doing the right thing. You're going to do the right thing. And if we find that you are not doing the right thing, there'll be consequences. Obama was not like that. John Kerry was not like that. In fact, it seems like a, a big pallet of cash wasn't enough. It looks like you had to share top secret information to Iran in order to get them what? To, to doing what you want. And how did that work out? This is no good. In fact, John Kerry should be held accountable for this. And if this is true, if this is absolutely true, he should resign. He shouldn't be serving in a position where he gets top secret information. That's disgraceful. Terrible. So John Kerry getting the heat right now, and rightfully so. Don't give up on that. All right, when we come back, our friend Shane Hewitt hosts The Shift. It's a show in Canada. It's across the Canadian uh, country through Chorus Radio Network. And we're going to basically say goodbye to him. It'll be our last time connecting, considering that this is my last week hosting Overnight America. Aww. We'll be right back with that on Overnight America KMOX. Work or play? KMOX is right there with you. We go where you go. Welcome back to Overnight America. And knowing that this will be my last week hosting the late night show, there's a Guest that we have Sunday nights, he's Shane Hewitt. He hosts The Shift in Canada across the Chorus Radio Network. In the Sunday night hookup, we always do a live interview with each other together. We talk about things that are going on in Canada and the United States, and he has questions for us. I have questions for him, and it's mostly me asking about him. I think as Americans, we don't pay attention to Canada nearly as much as they pay attention to us. And given that this will be my last week in the late night show, I wanted to make sure we brought on Shane one more time so we can do this uh, hookup together. Now, we're going to find ways to bring him on during the day, and I've committed to to being on with him at night here and there, you know, when uh, when there's things going on, of course. And I'm, I'm glad that we're going to be able to still connect that way. But I figured, being that it is the start of the week, at least one more time, I would love to bring Shane on and we do the show hooking up together. Now, normally, Sunday nights is when I get to talk to this handsome fellow <laughs> from St. Louis and Camo X. It's Ryan Recker. But here he is. What is happening? It's not Sunday, Ryan. Whoa. Can you believe it? In fact, this is the first time we've done an interview. We're actually looking at each other, and I can see what looks like natural sunlight coming in from the side of that room, which is normally something we wouldn't see when we're talking. Yeah, it's true. Daylight uh, is all right when we have a chance to record this. Um, And 
uh, I, which makes me wonder why you didn't ever jump on the Zoom call before, because we are on the Zoom every night. We you, do every show on Zoom. You know, you mentioned that to me once, and you said you should, and we should, but we never did. But oh. it's amazing that, well, what looks like one of our uh, last times at nighttime uh, speaking, because the, the news broke here in St. Louis that I'm going to be moving to the day. Yeah, and congratulations on that. So you're taking over. Uh, the Rush Limbaugh show. Now you're mm-hmm. talking, not taking over his show. You're taking over the time slot. So it's an exciting opportunity for you to go from the nighttime to the daytime. Tell us what happened and and, and what you're excited about. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of um, people that are wondering what is going to happen with their local radio station, Rush Limbaugh being on some, what, 500 and some stations. Do they carry Rush's program in Canada? I'm curious if any stations picked it not up. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, it's mostly American politics. So I know that there's some international uh, places that would pick it up mostly through the Armed Services Network. So I didn't know if Canada had American politics stations, but Rush is, um, you know, uh, I don't know, without using this as a pun, but when you think about radio personalities, American radio personalities, he would be on the Mount Rushmore. He was that influential. Uh, He was looked at as someone that saved AM radio in the United States. And he was well sought after, one of the largest listening audiences daily in America. And in February, he passed away. He had a great love for this radio station, KMOX. It was his hometown station, really. He was from Cape Girardeau, just a few hours from here. But he was very much influenced by the talk format. KMOX is uh, credited as being the first real talk station. Back in February of 1960, the station went to talk. And from there... A lot of other stations started to get onto that as a format. And really the foresight of a program director by the name of Robert Hyland making the change and really uh, launching this, this um, what we know today as one of the great formats in, in radio. But, um, yeah, Rush Limbaugh passing away in February, and the station decided instead of going to a syndicated option, which a lot of the Rush Limbaugh radio stations will be, we are going to do a local show, which I'm going to be a part of. So and starting on Monday, May 3rd, I'm going to be moving to days. Well, I would normally you would be uh, making all these other plans about, oh, my God, I'm not going to be around the kids during the daytime anymore. Mm-hmm. But in this pandemic life, is there any light for you to go back to the studio to do it? <laughs> yeah, actually, starting next week, I'll actually be driving in. That's the Whoa. thing. Yeah. So we're going to be doing the show in person. It's going to be tough because it's a three person show with uh, three well, two market vets, and uh, being that they've been around, let's see, Carol Daniel has been with the radio station for 25 years. And Bo Matthews is someone that's been in the St. Louis market working at country for, I don't know, since 1988. So no, even longer doing radio, wow. at least in St. Louis. So he's he's been around too. So they're, they're veterans to the whole uh, St. Louis radio. I'm kind of the newbie. I moved here four years ago to do the night show on the radio station in Overnight America. But moving into there, it's going to be the three of us together. And it's going to be a big change in person. I don't know. It's tough when you have the ensemble cast to try to get the right rhythm when you're all remote. It's easy if you're like the, you know, if the namesake of the show and people have to play off of you. But if you're trying to play off everyone else, we decided of, uh, it's better for us to go in in person. So working from home for the last year, my sweatpants has to go away. Oh, I don't even know what that's like anymore. <laughs> we just uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. I'm like, well, I got to wear pants. <laughs> I got to go outside. Yeah. I got to put pants on. And I don't know if this has happened to you, but I've actually gone to the grocery store now and walked into the store and touched my legs. Be like, did you put pants on? Because <laughs> I second guessed myself. I know. The hard part is, uh, I actually, I purchased some sweatpants that look like jeans. 
and I was using them around the house when there were Zoom meetings because I wanted to give the impression I was actually not wearing sweatpants, but it was a nice little trickery. So now the big debate is, do I continue to wear those while I go into work? Because no one will know unless they touch them. So <laughs> do I That's do awesome. I keep wearing the sweatpants? Probably not. But, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think that it's going to be a big change because Rush Limbaugh was, you know, so heavily into American politics. Our show is going to be different. It's not going to be politics heavy. It's it's a lot of regional and local issues. And we'll talk politics when, you know, it's the things that people are talking about. But it's not going to be our main focus. So it's going to be a change in that sense. And the audience, we're going to have to build a brand new audience because of that. And we hope that we can keep a lot of the people that are already listening during that time slot. We know that it's going to be a pretty big task. And we know that uh, we got to hit hard. And it's just it's strange because everything for me personally will be changing. It's like I'm changing my sleep schedule. I'm changing my family schedule because I'm not going to be around during the day. I'm changing the people I'm working with. Uh, it does just so many changes going in. It's uh, it's a whirlwind. It really is. It's exciting, man. It's really going to be, uh, it's really great. And it's neat to hear that. Okay. So you talk about, um, you know, local regional issues. What would be, if you think of a couple off the top of your mind, like uh, here where I live in Calgary, um, you know, municipal elections, sort of a big one. And then in Canada in general, COVID vaccinations are sort of the big ones that everyone's talking about. We had this discussion last week here on the shift that we maybe we should start listening to news from other countries, local news, not national news, local news from other countries to see what people are talking about. So as you kick off a new show, what would be examples of St. Louis, hmm. a couple of things that are on the top of the list? Yeah. So just over the weekend, we have a new mayor in St. Louis from just a couple of weeks. So the priorities of the new mayor, there's a few things. There's things that are public, as in here's what we know they want to do, and there's things that are speculation. Two of the big things that I think could be happening in, in city politics, the one thing is they want to close one of the jails. That's a huge controversy because right now in the city of St. Louis, crime is still terrible, like really bad. The homicide rate is worse than it is in Mexico. And because we had so many homicides last year, a lot of it had to do with the way that they try to change policing. Even if you arrest someone, are they going to prosecute them? And because of COVID, they were taking people and, you know, we're allowing you to leave jail because we're afraid you're going to catch COVID, re- repeating offenders and things. There's a lot of things that contributed to it. And over the weekend, well, part of the proposed budget is they want to close one of the jails, which is a huge controversial move. Not a lot of people here are happy because they don't think they're doing enough when it comes to stopping these uh, crimes, a lot of them violent crimes. And then the other side of it that people are looking into is when it comes to city politics, city of St. Louis is its own entity and it's surrounded by St. Louis County, which is its own uh, governmental entity. And forever they've been talking about merging this since the 1970s. They've been talking about merging the two into one giant government, which is something that they tried a few years ago that failed. Now that there's a new mayor, I think they're going to try to do that again. And because of that, that's another big controversial thing locally here. So th- those are probably two of the big topics I think are going on. With that uh, jail, would that be state run or private or how does that work there? Yeah, it's called the workhouse. It doesn't have the best conditions because it's an older jail. So what their thoughts are is we can take the two jails that are in St. Louis and we can merge them into one because uh, we have the space. But every person that works there says it's not going to work. We don't have the space, the accommodations to put everyone in. So they're a little bit worried about that. And it's not a federal penitentiary. It's just, you know, locally run. Hmm. Wouldn't it not make more sense to do something to fight the crime in the first place and maybe reduce the crime as opposed to dealing with the jail? It's tough to when you have like here in the region, you have the state of Missouri that's very Republican, red state. 
you have the city and the county very liberal, which is blue, in the sense that the way they look at policing, which is less policing, the better, or they want to go into more a progressive way of policing. They've been trying that, experimenting with that, and it just hasn't been successful. The problem that we have in St. Louis is that um, the cops are so, uh, you know, they're they're not um, given the most resources or praise or anything else. In fact, it's probably discouraged in a lot of different ways. They'll make arrests and nothing will ever happen and, you know, they won't uh, put charges or whatever. There's exclusion list here. That's something that you don't see anywhere else. The circuit attorney will exclude all cases from certain police officers because she doesn't like the police officers, which really? is really you look at that and you say, why in the world would any a person want to work in the city of St. Louis. So that's what you find. We're, I think, 150 police officers below where it's budgeted. So they're way understaffed. 911, by the way, I think they said 30% of the calls into 911 go unanswered because they're so understaffed there. And what happens is that the people don't want to deal with it. So they go and get policing jobs in the county, all these other surrounding areas, and they'll skip over St. Louis. So we have an issue where they don't support the police enough. I think a lot of people in the neighborhoods that are affected by high crime, they want to see more support, but they're just not getting it. So that's part of the problem. Um, If they can get proper policing, then I think we would be in a lot better position. I know Shane has some questions about what it's like living in St. Louis. I give this impression that it is dangerous and it is dangerous, but not every place is bad. I mean, there are a lot of great areas and we'll talk about that after the break. And normally our hookup is on Sunday. The shift in Canada and Overnight America would do this cross interview Sunday nights into Monday morning. And it was one of my favorite features. But now that this will be my last week doing Overnight America, I figured uh, we got to bring him on at least one more time, even if it's not on a Sunday. And we'll continue with Shane Hewitt right after the break in Canada. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Driven by the Bomberito Automotive Group, the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Get ready for the Cards and Philadelphia Phillies tonight. Emlyn Pregame Show 550. First pitch 645. Hear it here on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Ryan Recker Radio. You can find me online if you want to look up Shane Hewitt. He's online too. The Shift. That's the show he hosts on the Chorus Radio Network across so many great stations there. And I also want to point out that we are going to have him on time to time during the day show that we're having here on KMOX. So starting next week, I'm going to be part of St. Louis Talks, uh, 11 to 2 right the midday show on KMOX. We're pretty excited to launch with Carol Daniel and Bo Matthews next Monday. But I talked to Shane and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's things going on, I think we'll bring him on as a newsmaker. I'm really looking forward to that. So let's continue our conversation. Right before the break, we were talking about some of the crime and concerns we have here in St. Louis. He was very interested in the things that are going on in this community. What's the impact on you, like as a dad? I mean, you go out with your kids, you got to be careful what park you go to. Is it that bad? Yeah. In the county, not really. It's you think that there's a lot of targeted crime. So it's not a coincidence that a lot of the homicides and targets are gang or drug related and drugs, man. There was a saying where I came from in Ohio, one of the places I worked, it was a very simple phrase, drugs bring death. And you see a lot of that in St. Louis. So I think that by yourself or going through or doing whatever you want, you would think that you would be safe and you should have a little bit of confidence that it'll be okay. But I got to be honest, I don't rely on that. <laughs> and, and when we're going to do something, we make sure we're doing it the, the safest path possible. We don't go through neighborhoods we think would be unsafe. And it's mm. tough. It's it's just, 
you never know. You, you just never know here. That sounds so different than what we get used to. I went for a walk the other night and I was kind of looking around and uh, in my neighborhood, there's a bunch of ponds and pathways and, and mm -hmm. stuff behind the houses. And I don't live on a pond, um, mind you, but the, mm -hmm. I like to walk through, but there's no, they're not lit. It's completely black. The only light you have would be the moon and someone's motion detector light as you walk by the pathway behind their house, between their house and the pond. And I was kind of walking around. I'm like, is this crazy? I mean, this is sort of everything they told you in school. <laughs> like I hear, I've got headphones on. It's dark. I'm listening to music. I'm walking by myself. And I kind of thought, well, I guess that's sort of one of the good places about where we live. Can't do this everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit of gratitude comes with that. I don't feel unsafe in my neighborhood. It's, I think, the individual places you live. Sometimes you look at that and say, why in the world would anyone want to live in an area where you look at it and they're a chunk of the homicides? And there's a lot of certain pride. And, you know, I grew up here. My parents grew up here. I own a house here. It's affordable. You know, it's cheap because of, you know, people don't want to move here. So where else am I supposed to go? I guess there's some of that mindset that goes on. But I, uh, I just don't want to deal with it. Like, I, I talked to one person. He makes barbecue sauce in the area. He's someone that grew up in North St. Louis. Awesome barbecue sauce, by the way. And he was talking about how his mom just would not leave the neighborhood. And he said one day he went home, and he went to go throw something away in their trash bin outside, and there was a body in there. And he said even after something like that, his mom still refused to leave because that was the neighborhood they grew up on. And not all these neighborhoods were terrible forever. It's like they go through these ebbs and flows. But here we are, oh. and it's it's a it's a certain thing. And what they want is to the, the neighborhood to be transformed, and they're begging for more police, and they're just not getting it. Wow. Hey, mom, found Steve. <laughs> That's so terrible, you know? <laughs> terrible. It's horrible. There's a lot of uh, instances, and I, I think we're up to like 60 homicides in St. Louis right now. So the city of St. Louis, if you think about the metropolitan area, it's like 2.2 million, but the city itself might be 250,000. A lot of it has to, a lot of people live in the county, and a lot of people live in St. Charles County, which is the next one over that would make up the, the metropolitan area. So St. Louis is kind of the, it's the small one, but it's got the name rights and it's got all the attractions inside of it so i think that might it might give the um the wrong number so one of the big pushes for merging is that when you put all of the people together the statistics don't look as bad which is kind of a deceptive way to try to change those things because it doesn't actually fix the problem but yeah that's so what you we're just dealing said with. how many about 60 you figure yeah let me go look i can tell you right now what the the total is the st louis metropolitan police put out a tracker every day and i have a link to it here all right, let's see. Homicide count in the city of St. Louis. We're up to 59. So we're about 59. And that we're was updated. Third on the... of the way through the year. Oh, hold on. I got to refresh here. Nope. Uh, nope. 62. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so here's some numbers to, to balance St. Louis with some cities in Canada. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, Edmonton's a million people. Mm -hmm. Just about um, 32. Okay. Calgary is 1.3 million-ish. Mm-hmm. 24. And this is for all of 2019, by the way. Um, oh, that's for a full the, year. That's for a whole year. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver, which is 4 million, mm -hmm. is 41. Montreal, which is 4 or 5 million, 4 million probably, mm -hmm. uh, 45. Mm -hmm. Toronto, wow. 130. Wow. Now, I'm assuming this is, th these are greater Toronto. Yeah. Because there's maps. So it would be greater Toronto, greater Montreal. And oh, I mean, I Montreal, boy, oh boy, you want to ever do any research on bikers in Canada, um, <laughs> so, then Montreal would be the one of the places to go. So yeah. 
it's so staggering these numbers winnipeg has 44 but winnipeg's is quite high actually for the entire um, year you're saying or total that's, right now that's for all of 2019 okay so in 2020 last year it was probably a 50-year high for st louis population of st louis is 308,000, oh, but man. the metropolitan area is like 2.2 2.3 million but if you look at just st louis where all the homicides seem to happen we had like 250 last year for 300,000 people it's terrible wow. it's, it's ridiculously terrible so that's more than any city in Canada. 2019, unfair comparison, but yeah, in the spirit of of taking a look. Whoa. A lot of cities have homicide issues right now. Huge upticks in all the major cities. Surprisingly, the only major city that had lower homicides were Baltimore, which is historically also known as a dangerous crime area. Yeah. I flew into Baltimore once. Boy, I got <laughs> out of there quick. The whole airport was scary. Even. Was it? Well, they're oh. welcoming on the airport until you get onto the Metrolink, the public transportation. Then after that, you better watch out. <laughs> Well, I got on, I took a shuttle to a car rental mm -hmm. and that shuttle um, was one of those big articulating buses, like the big ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was so crowded and there was people arguing. And then there was a comedian who like famous guy from TV who was standing next to me. And there was a lady in the corner was so excited to see him. She was phoning her friends and taking pictures of him. And I leaned over. And I'm like, look, dude, I have no idea who you are, but I got to <laughs> tell you, this is weird. And he's like, it's weird for you. It's weird for me. <laughs> anyway, we went into the car rental place and we were uh, together in line, so we had a good chance to visit. I still have no idea who he was. No, but <laughs> you were next weird. to someone famous that people were were sought after, and you don't know. Yep. Who, you, so one day you were just you'll flip through the TV and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's the car rental guy." Yeah, that's the guy. That's him. I don't know. Well, Ryan, uh, congratulations on the new gig. We uh, for all of the shift heads that are listening, um, we are working on ways to connect and yeah. find ways to keep this sort of alive on the shift. So no need to worry there. Uh, it might be pre-taped in the afternoon because the old mm -hmm. man got a day job. So. <laughs> I know I'm getting old. My bones are even. Uh, <laughs> but the nice thing is that my wife is already excited because I'll be able to take care of the bedtime routines now with the kids. Nice. And she's happy because then we can watch things at night, television programs. So she don't have to mm -hmm. wait for me. She's pretty happy. Dancing about with that. the stars it is, buddy. You oh, can be our Dancing with the Stars correspondent. She loves The Bachelor and I can't handle any of those reality shows don't get her started on any new ones it's our one's enough when it's on all the time i'm really gonna it. miss this on sunday nights this is one of my favorite things to do all week by the way yeah i agree me too and uh but we'll find a way to keep it alive we'll make yeah. it all work i know that the audience always looks forward to it um whenever you're not on or something like that they always ask hey where's that uh, st louis guy <laughs> i see the tweets too you guys are always so good at all the different radio stations that you're on you're on so many great stations through canada and i see the tweets and things and i get to see some of the reactions to them and i know people all over canada love you and it's so nice that you were able to uh, bring me into that and it was so fun and i'm glad that we're going to be able to keep that going in some way yeah well change happens but we will keep the good stuff alive ryan wrecker camo wax at st louis thank you brother congratulations thank you shane hewitt he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Got a couple more minutes here before we say goodnight, and then we'll have one replay hour here after 1 o'clock. It's going to be the replay of the 11 o'clock hour, so you'll hear from Rich Rubino, author of American Politics on the Rocks. And if you go to the podcast, you can actually go and listen to our first hour. We took some calls. We talked about the show moving to middays, or at least I'm moving to middays, I should say, uh, working alongside Carol Daniel and Bo Matthews. And it's going to be 
is going to be a real big, interesting change. It's going to be strange to no longer work on Sundays. In fact, I'm really looking forward to not working on Sundays. But it's going to be weird working on Fridays. It's been nice having the day off. But the Monday through Friday show will be from 11 until 2. And from those times during the day, I think you're going to get a, a different type of show than what you would normally hear during Rush's show. I think that you'll still have some political talk, but it's going to be very much focused on some of the different things that are impacting this area. And of course, I'm still going to be me, so I'll still do topics that you would normally hear on Overnight America, but it's going to be a little bit different having a couple of different people to react with. So uh, this week will be my last week doing Overnight America. I'm really going to miss you guys, but I'm really looking forward to this next chapter in my career, moving to uh, the middays. So I wanted to get just a couple of more stories in. And if you want to call in for the last couple of minutes, you can, or text in to 314-436-7900. The Census Bureau says the population in the United States increased, but it's one of the slowest increases we've seen. I don't know if it's a COVID deal. I don't know if it's just people are a little hesitant to bring children into the world. Maybe there's just not as many families anymore. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of things that could be contributing to this. But over the past year, COVID-wise at least, um, that probably has scared a lot of different young adults off. Maybe they don't want to start families. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe they couldn't meet someone during this time. The population of the United States, according to the latest census, 331,449,281. So essentially you can say 331 million and a half, roughly. 331 million, or if you want to round up 332 million, I guess there's going to be a difficulty in trying to get a true number. Maybe there's some that didn't respond, or maybe there's more in the country that are not documented, so they would still be counted in there. I don't know. But if you go to KMOX.com, more than uh, it says more than a year since the 2020 census began in a remote Alaska village, the first numbers start to emerge in the once a decade head count. And part of the head count also helps when it comes divvying up the representatives in the United States. The number of seats in the House of Representatives set at 435, meaning that depending on where people are moving, it could change congressional seats here or there meaning that if some states lose a large amount of people because they don't want to live there anymore and they move to a state that's more desirable, that state can pick up congressional seats and the state that loses population could lose. And here are some of the big winners. Texas. In Texas, they added two congressional seats and they had over the past decade of part of the census, four million new residents. That's a big deal. Four million new people. In Florida, they had 2.7 million more, and that adds a couple of different delegates there. Colorado had a growth uh, around Denver that gained an extra seat. Montana gained a congressional seat. Way to go. You go, Montana. You don't really think of Montana as a big place where people move, but I guess there's some opportunities out there for jobs and such. In North Carolina, had an extra seat in Oregon, also had an extra seat. It says for the first time in 40 years, they are going from five House members to six. Here's some of the states that lost and some close to us. Illinois loses a House member, 
So that continues a 40-year losing streak for congressional seats. California is still the nation's most populous state. It stagnant growth will lose some members. They'll go from 53 to 52 for the state. In Michigan, the House of, uh, let's see, drops from 14 to 13. New York loses a congressional seat. Ohio's sluggish population growth loses a seat. Pennsylvania remains an important presidential battleground, but they'll lose a seat. West Virginia looks like they'll also be losing a congressional seat. They go from three to two members. And if you want to find that story at KMOX.com, you can, the winners and losers of the, the census. And that will change some things. And if you look at the numbers that are gaining, a lot of red states are gaining. That could indicate that there's going to be more Republicans in the next time they go and uh, look at more seats and go through the voting process. That, And think about how slim of a margin the House already has for that sort of thing. That's, I mean, a lot of implications of losing those seats and gaining in where they're going. All right. We're going to say goodnight. You can reach me on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. Next hour is a replay hour. We'll be back again tomorrow after Cardinals baseball. Sleep well, and we'll uh, see you soon. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.